Emmanuel, the Messiah, God with us. We at First Church would like to welcome you, whether you are here in person, listening on the radio, or watching on Facebook. We are blessed that you're part of our service this morning. For the announcements, please look over the bulletin for items that may be of interest to you. Also look to the church website. There's a lot of timely and good information on it. On the church calendar, we officially start the Christmas season today. Unless you're in retail, it started on Friday. Or Joanna Gaines, the queen of Fixer Upper, who put her Christmas tree up three weeks ago. So with her reveal and prominence, you can now put your Christmas decorations and post those photos to social media before Thanksgiving without consequences. Although, I guess if you put up a Charlie Brown Christmas tree and post them to social media, you still may, may be at risk there. And uh, let me be the first to wish you all a Merry Christmas. So today is the first Sunday of Advent. The purple candle is lit. This is called the prophecy candle and recalls the prophets, particularly Isaiah, who foretold the birth of Jesus Christ. It represents hope or expectation of the coming Messiah. So with that, we do need to get this place looking proper. Today, following worship, we will decorate the church for Christmas. Many hands make it go quickly, so please plan to stay and help with you if you are able. Aaron Rohrbaugh's group that is studying the book of John will not meet today so that they can help with hanging the greens in the church, but they'll be back together next week. The giving tree in the heritage room is, uh, is up. It benefits the New Life Pregnancy Center in Sydney. Please take a tag and return your gift or gift card by December 27th. This coming Saturday, December 5th, is the Christmas in the Village. Stop by the front of the church between 1030 and 230 here at First Church and snap your photo in front of the nativity scene for the photo contest. And Pastor Joel has some information to share with us on the Advent devotional that we will be going, uh, that we are going to use this year. Thanks, Brian. Yes, if you recall last year, we uh, had an Advent devotional that we gave away for free. And a lot of people really appreciated that. And we think it went over really well as a church. So we're doing that again this year. Um, our Advent devotional that we chose is called Finding Hope Under Bethlehem Skies. Um, the Advent devotional starts, uh, it's dated December 1st through 25th. So um, it'll be starting on Wednesday. Um, and there are free copies available here for you to take at the exits as well as the info center here. We also have some copies over in the office. If you're not with us today, if you're listening on the radio or watching on Facebook and want to get a copy, you can always stop by the church office at some point this week to pick one up as well. Uh, we purchased 200 copies of these and we want to see all of them gone <laughs> because we want to put this devotional in the hands of many people as possible. So I encourage you to take one for yourself. And if you have a, a neighbor, a friend, a family member that you think would, uh, would benefit from having this, I encourage you to take a copy for them as well and share it with them. Uh, the theme for the Advent devotional this year is actually looking at the book of Ruth. So it's taking a look at Christmas from a little bit different perspective, studying the story of Ruth and how it relates to the season of Advent and looking forward to Christ's birth. So I'm really excited about it. There's, if, um, if you have your copy, you can kind of flip through it. You see each day has a reading from the book of Ruth, uh, some devotional thoughts, and then uh, uh, there's a box at the end of each 
uh, end of each section that has some thoughts for prayer, a question to think about, as well as a song to listen to. So if you are, you know, one of those technologically advanced people and, and know how to pull up a Spotify playlist, there's actually one prepared for you. Go on Spotify, look up Finding Hope Under Bethlehem Skies, and all 25 songs that are listed here are already on a playlist for you to listen to. Um, or you could always go find them on whatever other <laughs> avenue you, you enjoy listening to music on. But I think it's be a great way for us as a church family to come together by studying the scripture together um, and, and focusing our thoughts on Christ during this Advent season. So again, I encourage you to pick up a copy for yourself. If you have one, if you, if you have somebody in mind you'd like to share this with, pick up a copy for them as well and share that with them this Advent season. Thank you that, for that, Pastor Joel, and sharing uh, some information about that. Those devotionals can help us stay tuned and stay plugged in uh, throughout the day and throughout the season of Advent here. Uh, if you would rise and please join me in hymnal uh, number 122. Who shall come in the fullness of time to gladden the hearts of men? Who shall bring new joy to the world? And the poor and lonely defend. Who shall come in a cold winter's night when the world is hushed and still? Only the silent stars keep watch as a promise is fulfilled. Just as Christ newly born, he shall come to a stable rough with sod. Tis gentle Jesus, Prince of Peace, the blessed Son of God. We await him with reverent hearts. O come, Lord Jesus, come. And now we'll sing hymns 123. 124 and 125, the marked verses.
seated. Let's have the kids come up for children's chat. Miles. Hey, guys, we're going to sit over here today, okay? So come this way. Good deal. How are you guys today? Good. Here come a couple more. Excellent. All right. So today is the first day of Advent. Do you know what Advent is? No? It leads up to Christmas, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It leads up to Christmas. Well, I want to talk about this right here. You've seen this before? Yeah. Yeah? When do we get this out? At Christmas time. What do we call this? An Advent. Advent wreath. Okay? And I want to talk about the different parts of this Advent wreath for a minute and why we have one. Because Advent is a time where we tend to decorate. Right? Do you guys have a Christmas tree up at home already? I heard some very sad no's coming from the corner over here. (laughs) So sometimes we call it the hanging of the greens when we decorate the church and um, the Advent calendar. And the wreath, what shape is a wreath? A circle. Yeah, it's the beginning of the church year and it is a circular wreath with five candles. Okay, four on the outside of the wreath and one in the middle. So the wreath, the circle part, reminds us of God himself, that he, of his eternity, his endless mercy. And is there a beginning and an end on a circle? No, No. his love goes on forever and ever. And the green part of it speaks of hope, the hope we have in God and the renewal of life and eternal life. Now, what do candles give us? Light. Right. Candles symbolize the light of God coming into the world through the birth of Jesus. Okay? And that's why sometimes we refer to Jesus as the light of the world. So how many candles did we say are around the outside? Four. Four around the outside. Right. So there are four weeks in Advent. So each week, we will light one more candle. So how many are we going to light today? Just one, right. And are they all the same color? No, they're not. Three are purple and one is pink. And then we have the center candle, and that is the special candle. It's called the Christ candle. But today we're going to light the first candle, and that is the candle of hope. Okay? I don't know. (laughs) So, the first one is the candle of hope, and it draws attention to having hope that Jesus is coming and the hope of Christmas. The second one next week will be about peace and then joy. And the fourth one is love. And then the center candle, we call that the Christ candle. 
okay? And it is usually white, and we light that one on Christmas Day. And the central location of the Christ candle reminds us that the, that the incarnation is the heart of the season, giving light into the world. So in a little while, we're going to light this candle. But I have something I want. Each family can have one of these, okay? And they're laying over on the pew by Tori over there, okay? So everybody gets a wreath, and stapled to it is a page of stickers. And you can start by putting the candle sticker on and maybe a couple of the holly berries. And then you notice how it has numbers all over it? Okay. Now, my stickers on here also have numbers on it. And so you will want to start with day 24, okay, because we're counting backwards down to Christmas. And you want to start it on Wednesday. So hopefully mom and dad are listening. Okay. And so on each sticker is a picture and a scripture verse. So you can get your Bibles out and you can look up that scripture verse and read it as you put your sticker on and maybe say a little prayer each day as we lead up to Christmas. And the closer we get to Christmas, the sooner our wreath will get filled. Okay? So I have a bunch of them. If we could do one per family and that way if there's any left over and other people want some, they can stop by and pick one up too later. Okay, so let's say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this season of Advent and hope and the eagerness we all have to remember and celebrate Jesus' birthday. Be with us this week as we go out. Keep us healthy and safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, kids. What a great idea. What a great way to spend the Advent season. We have the devotional that, that... families can read, but also this Advent wreath for the kids to do with their parents. What a great idea, Maria. Thank you for sharing that with the kids. This time I want to invite forward the Werewolf family for the lighting of that Advent candle that Maria was just talking about. Today is the beginning of Advent, the time we prepare to celebrate Christ's birth. We are here because God's promises to our ancestors came true when Jesus was born. God continues to keep his promise through the presence of his Holy Spirit. God will keep the promise to come again in glory. Isaiah 9-2 The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world. With the coming of this light, there is hope. Because of Christ, we not only have hope for this life, but also for life eternal. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, 
God has made you also an heir. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that Jesus brought hope into our world. You still bring hope to people through the promises of your word. Help us to be ready to welcome Jesus Christ so that we may think good thoughts and do good deeds so that we may be a people of hope in our world. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. This time we turn our attention to our offering this morning. Uh, Our designated offering today goes to support Mercy Unlimited Jail Ministry. So if you are able to give this morning, uh, that is going to be a a great ministry that we can support through this offering here today. I want to invite forward our deacons at this time to receive our offering.
Amen. I invite you to remain standing as we continue to worship the Lord through very familiar Christmas and Advent hymns. This one is number 141, O Little Town of Bethlehem. you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you that we are able to gather here this morning to worship you and to praise you, that you invite us, Lord, into your presence for that very purpose. And we thank you, Lord, that that it's not on our own merit that we come to you, but, but you, Lord, you gather us to yourself, that you didn't wait for us to fix ourselves or to to deal with our own sin, 
But Lord, you came to be with us. You entered into our lives. You are our Emmanuel, our God with us. You've come to abide with us. And Lord, in doing so, you didn't leave us in our sin, but you draw us to yourself. Lord Jesus, you were born that first Christmas day because you knew your purpose and your mission was to live the life that we couldn't live of perfect obedience to your Father and to die in our place on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. Lord, you are truly our Emmanuel, our God with us because you entered into our misery and rescued us from it, Lord. And so we gather here this morning, some 2,000 years later, still singing your praises remembering that first Christmas morning when you were born. And we thank you that you are the eternal Son of God from ages past and in ages to come. You will be praised and you'll be glorified. And because of that hope, Lord, the hope of of your presence with us, we know that we can gather here and Not just lift up your praises, but lift up our concerns and our prayers to you. Because we know that you will hear us and you'll respond according to your will. So we ask for your your presence to be with those who are hurting this day. Lord, we're in the midst of a holiday season coming off of Thanksgiving and looking ahead to Christmas. And there are those that are missing loved ones that were there last year and will not be there this year. So we pray for peace and comfort and strength for them. We also pray for those who need provision from you and that you provide through ordinary and extraordinary means. And so we ask, Lord, for you to provide for those who are lacking. And whatever other needs there may be, Lord, even needs that we are not aware of, we ask that you would meet them according to your will because you know what's on our hearts before we even pray it. Lord, you know what our needs are even better than we do. And so we ask, Lord, that you would work according to your will in all situations, that you would provide for your children and that your name would be glorified. We do pray this day for those in authority over us, as your word calls us to do. And so we pray for our local governments, Lord, our villages, our counties, the different communities that we all come from. We pray for wisdom for the leaders in those places. We ask for your Holy Spirit to guide them to make decisions that are good and right and just. And may they have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness that they would be filled. And Lord, we also ask for prayer for those that are leaders here in the local church. We thank you, Lord, this day for our deacons. We pray for your continued guidance in their lives as they serve this church. We thank you for each one of them and pray, Lord, that you would bless them as they seek to serve here at First Church. And Lord, may we all, as your body here in this place, glorify your name this morning. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And you may be seated.
We do not have a separate scripture reading today because as we journey through Advent together, we're going to be taking time to reflect on the readings uh, during the the lighting of the Advent candle. But before we just jump into our sermon here today, I want to take a moment and just uh, reflect on this past week. Uh, It's been a a busy week in a lot of ways here at, here at the church, uh, and I want to just start by saying thank you to everyone who is able to help make Praise and Prayer Night happen. Um, it seems like at this point a long time ago, but it was just last Sunday night. Uh, what a great opportunity we had as a church family to gather together and praise God and, and, and show our gratitude and thankfulness towards Him for all that He's done in our lives. So I specifically want to thank the praise team um, for helping lead us in worship that night. Uh, Zane Schreier was helping out on the soundboard. Um, and I also want to specifically thank Jack Trollicky and Morgan Leffel for sharing what God's been doing in their lives as well. I know for all those that were here, it was really a blessing to hear from them too. So thank you to everyone who helped to make that happen and all those who came to be a part of that praise and prayer night. Um, you know, what a, what a blessing it is to be able to, to gather and, and worship in a, in a, in a different way than we normally do on Sunday mornings. And it really was a blessing for, for me and I hope for all of you who are involved as well. It's also a great opportunity to gather on the th- for the Thanksgiving Eve service with the Methodist Church here in town. Uh, Pastor Dennis and I were reflecting on that and about how it had been two years, almost to the day, since we were able to do that last because of COVID and all the other you know, concerns over the past couple of years, we had not gathered as the two churches here in town to worship in that way since Thanksgiving Eve of 2019. So really was a blessing to gather together, worship together as the body of Christ here in New Knoxville. And uh, very grateful that we were able to do that. I invite you to pray with me as we again, turn our attention to God's word. Father God, we thank you for this day. As we, as we turn our attention now to your word and what it has to say to us, we ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us. May you open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. And may you give me words to speak, words that are from you and reflect the truth that is found in your word. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So as you've heard several times already today, today is the first Sunday of Advent. Um, and I think it was uh, Maria even pointed out is, is actually the first Sunday of the new year. So we often think of Jan- in, in terms of the Christian calendar, I should say, we often think of new year coming on January 1st. But from a Christian perspective, looking at the how the church year and the church calendar is structured, the first Sunday of Advent actually begins a new year for uh, for Chris, uh, for the Christian calendar. Uh, but we don't. But as we as we think about Advent and the Christmas season, it's important for us to pause and reflect on why we take time to do what we have done today. Why we light the Advent candle. Why we pause during probably one of the busiest times of the year to reflect on the promises and the hope we have in Christ. See, Advent is is a time of preparation, a time of waiting, a time of expectation. And traditionally, of course, we look back on the birth of Christ, look back at when Christ was born that first Christmas morning some 2,000 years ago, and we reflect on how he fulfilled in that, in his first coming, so many of the promises and expectations that we find in the Old Testament, that God was finally doing what he had been promising to do all the way back in the garden when he told the serpent that the descendant of Eve was going to crush his head. And so we see promises being fulfilled. And so part of Advent is looking back on what Jesus has done for us, what his birth 
and subsequently his life, his death, and his resurrection means for us. But Advent's also a time for us to look forward, not just looking back to his first coming, but also looking forward expectantly to his second coming. Advent is a reminder that that we're living between those two times, that Christ has come, but that also Christ will come again. And so as as Christians, our hope isn't just in the past and what happened back then, but it is also a hope for the present and a hope for the future as well. And so once again, this year, we're going to take a closer look at the traditional Advent themes of hope and peace and joy and love beginning today with hope. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting for us again, a few moments here to just reflect on what we put our hope in, right? If I were to ask you this question, excuse me, not a question. If I were to say this statement and ask how you'd fill in the bank, I want you to think about how you would fill in the blank yourself. If I only had blank, then I'd finally be happy. Or how would you fill in that blank? How would you, what would finally make you happy if you just obtained it for yourself? You see, whatever you filled the blank in there, that is your hope. And we put our hope in a variety of things, and not all of them are necessarily bad. We put our hope sometimes in ourselves. We put hope in, in how much money we have in the bank account or how solid our retirement plan is. We put our hope in our families or even in our communities, or even in our politics. And not all of those things, as I said, are necessarily bad, right? The, but, but some of them can be very, very good things. But we can't, anytime we put our hope in something that's not Christ, we're eventually going to crush those things under the weight of our expectations. Because only Jesus can fulfill our deepest desires and our hopes. The Bible actually has a category for those things, those things that we put our hope in that aren't God himself. The Bible calls those things idols, right? Anything that we put our hope in, anything that we, that we value more than we value God is an idol. And the Bible is very clear about what we should do with idols, right? We should cast them aside. Now, that doesn't mean we cast aside our money. That doesn't mean we cast aside our family or cast aside ourselves, but it does mean that we put them in their proper place, right? It means we put Christ first, we put our hope in our, and then everything else falls in place after that. You see, our hope should be in Christ and in Christ alone because only he can, can meet the deepest desires of our hearts and live up to our most hope-filled expectations. Now, as we talk about hope this morning, it's important to remember, too, that hope is not just wishful thinking, Right? When we talk about hope, we're not just saying, oh, I just, man, I really wish this would happen. Right? I remember when I was a kid and, and still a little bit today, right? we fill out our Christmas list of things that we want to get for Christmas. Right? And, we always, and as a kid, I was re- always reminded, just because you put that on the list doesn't mean it's a guarantee that you're going to get it. Right? You know, it's wishful thinking. We put it down and maybe we'll find it under the Christmas tree come Christmas morning, but there's no guarantee that it will happen. You see, wishful thinking doesn't have the power to truly change anything, right? Wishing something were true doesn't make it true. And so hope is not just wishful thinking. It's so much more than that. The Christian hope that we're talking about here today is hope that is unshakable confidence that God will fulfill all of his promises 
in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul writes, No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken, to, spoken by us to the glory of God. Right? All of God's promises, every promise that God has ever made is ultimately fulfilled in Christ. That's where our hope lies. That's, that's where our expectations are met and are fulfilled. You see, sometimes when we open presents on Christmas morning, we get what we need, not necessarily what we want, right? We don't always like to open up that box that has socks in it, right? But sometimes you just need new socks. God does the same thing for us, right? We may have, we may have misplaced hopes. We may have hopes that aren't ultimately what we need. It may be what we want, but it's not necessarily what we need. And so our hope is not in ourselves and in our misplaced expectations. Our hope needs to be based fully and completely in the person of Jesus Christ because he supplies exactly what it is we need. And that's what Galatians 4 talks about here. And that's what you heard read earlier when we had the Advent candle lit. And there's a couple things that I want to highlight for us as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion this morning. Galatians 4 reminds us that our ultimate hope is not in ourselves, but it is in Jesus, this Christ child who was born on Christmas Day. And the first thing we see in this passage is that, is that it happens in his timing. Our hopes are fulfilled, our expectations are met, not in our own timing, but in his. It says when the set time had fully come. Some of our, our older translations might say in the fullness of time. You see, that, what that means is that it's at the exact right moment, not too early, not too late, but exactly when God intended for it to happen. Whenever we go grocery shopping, we always get a, some bananas. Miles loves to eat bananas, and so we always have to have some on hand. And I'm a little bit more picky than Miles is when it comes to bananas. I'll eat them, I guess, just about any time. But, but in my mind, there's a sweet spot, right, where bananas are perfectly ripe. You know, when it's, they're just, they're yellow and they're just starting to get a few of those little brown and black spots on them, that's when they're perfect. But they only seem to last about a day when they finally hit that right ripeness. You see, when you, they can, you can eat them when they're too early or then, you know, that one day passes and it's too late and they're overripe, at least the way I see it. See, that, that's what God is talking about here when it says the fullness of time at that exact right moment when the time was ripe. God sent his son Jesus to be born in this world. You see, God is patient, right? He knew exactly when the right time was going to be. We live in a world where we want instant gratification. We want everything right here, right now, immediate, right in front of our faces. But God is patient. and He knew when to send his son Jesus. God is wise, right? He understood the situation. He understood what was needed, we tend to be foolish and self-centered. And finally, God sees the whole picture. We only see things from a limited perspective. So let me ask you this morning, are you waiting on God to do something in your life? Are you waiting for him to fulfill a promise that, you, that he has made? Something you've read in his word, something you believe God is, is, is going to do? Well, you need to wait on his timing, right? Not your own. We need, to be, we need to make sure that we are waiting on him and, and, and asking him to work according to his will 
in his timeline, not our own. So we see that he works in his own timing, but he also saves us. He does not save us in the way that we expect him to. All right, there are so many, so many expectations that were rolled up into this, this figure of the Messiah. And Jesus kind of blew each one of them out of the water. Right? People in Jesus' day expected the Messiah to be a great political figure, this, this leader, this king who was going to come in and, and solve all of Israel's earthly problems. Right? He was going to kick Rome out of, of the promised land and reestablish Israel in their, as their own country and their own power. Even Jesus' disciples thought, all right, now is the time that this is going to happen. But that is not how Jesus saves us. He did not come to fix our earthly problems primarily. He came to fix our spiritual problems first and foremost. And so he didn't come as a, as a powerful military figure. He came as a child born in obscurity in a manger. We've already talked about Emmanuel today, God with us, that he is the God who entered into our sin, entered into our hardship, took it upon himself in order to save us and redeem us. He was born under the law to redeem those under the law, right? In other words, he became like one of us and he fulfilled the law for us. You know what it means that that Jesus fulfilled the law? It means there's two parts to it. It means that he lived the perfectly obedient life that we couldn't live for ourselves, right? He was sinless. He did everything according to the will of the Father. And so he perfectly fulfilled the the law through his obedience. But he also fulfilled the law by taking the punishment that we deserved upon ourselves. He was our substitutionary sacrifice. And in doing so, he redeemed us. He bought us at a price. 1 Peter 1 says that, For you know... That it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And so he, he saves us and redeems us. And he saves us into a living hope, a hope that is based on a relationship with him. Right? He doesn't save us just to make us slaves or servants. He makes us children of God. He gives us his spirit so that we too may cry out, Abba, Father. One of the, one of the great moments of the story of the prodigal son is when the son finally decides to return home. Right? We all, we're all familiar with the story. He, he runs off. He, he blows his father's inheritance in wild living. And, and he thinks that he can return home and earn his way back into his father's household. That he can work as a slave in order to earn his place. But as the father sees him returning home, he rushes out and embraces his son. He puts a cloak on him. He gives him his ring back. He kisses him. And he welcomes him home, not as a servant, not as a slave, but as a son. See, that's who we are in Christ. We are no longer slaves. We are no longer sisters in Christ. And he has given us an inheritance, eternal life to look forward to. And so I want to close with a few, th- just a couple thoughts as I, as I invite the praise team forward as they, as we prepare for communion. And that's what does hope do for us? See, hope is, is both for our, it's for our past, our present, and future. It anchors us in the reality of God's promises, that God is faithful and his word will not return to him void. 
but he will accomplish what he intends. And so we need to be people of his word, studying it so we know what his promises are. And it's a firm foundation for us to stand on in the present. Hope invites us to trust God here and now because we believe his promises are true. And so we must live like those promises are true. And finally, it motivates us to keep going. We wait expectantly and actively, looking forward to Christ's return and the hope of eternal life that he has made us in his son. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have made us new, that in Christ we have hope, not in ourselves, but in Christ. And so as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion today, we sing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood you shed. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand and join us as we sing?
be seated. I invite you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity now to share in your body and blood. That as we take this bread and take this cup, we are reminded of the sacrifice that you made for us. That when you were born on that first Christmas day, Lord Jesus, you came to earth knowing that you would be laying your life down for us. That was your purpose. That was your goal. And Lord, that was your desire to die in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be with you forever. So as we prepare our hearts and minds for this Advent season of this expectation of of your arrival, both in the past, but also looking ahead into the future, Lord, help us to know and understand our need for you. Help us to confess our sins and repent from those things and turn to you, our only true hope. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it. and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We'll be serving communion at the altar this morning. Again, if you are able, I invite you to come forward and come to either side of the altar, receive the elements, and then head back down the center aisle to your pew, and, and you can take them whenever you are ready to do so. If you're unable to come forward for any reason, there will be a pair of elders uh, that will come and serve you in your pews. Um, just try to kind of keep an eye out for who needs to be served here today. So again, all who, are, who, all who have received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I invite you to take this Holy Sacrament to your comfort.
invite you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you for your body and blood. We thank you for your sacrifice that you made for us and that the, the hope and the promise that without that, that in you, we are forgiven. And we know that that promise is sure. We know that, that our hope, our ultimate hopes will be met in you, Lord, because your promises are true and good and because you laid down your life for us. And you also now give us your Holy Spirit to live for you, uh, to be with you forever, Lord. And we thank you that as we go from this place, your spirit goes with us to enable us and equip us to live for you each day. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.